Hello and welcome into another episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. I'm your host, Mitch Dreams, and today I'm talking to Austin Smith. He's the CEO of Mission Control. Austin, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, doing all right. It's about as good as you can be in these weird times we're in right now. It's certainly been weird. <laughs> I think everybody can agree to that one. So let me start with this. What does Mission Control do in normal business times? And what is the company doing over these last few weeks? It's a little bit different. Well, so Mission Control is a B2B SaaS platform for Rec League Esports. So in essence, that means we help organizations like maybe a YMCA or college intramural department host rec leagues, just like they already do for basketball and soccer, but for esports, so maybe Fortnite and FIFA. Um, we also have a mobile app where users uh, download, then join those organizations' leagues uh, as a way to be social and casual around video gaming. So um, what we created essentially is rec league esports. Uh, we do that you know, as a regular business. Uh, we help these organizations do both online and in-person leagues. And the really big thing that's changed is that now we're just focusing on online leagues and that these organizations that used to do rec leagues of like traditional sports now only have online. So they rely on us that much more. Definitely. It's a really interesting time as an organizer. And this podcast, we're going to go over uh, some of those different ways that gaming can create socialization how online tournaments and online platforms are being used by companies that are suddenly moving to entirely work from home situations. And on a general note, just how uh, these regional and rec tournaments are important for the esports scene as a whole and building out the underside of the, it's all pro side esports right now. So what is this built out uh, lower levels of esports look like just like rec sports look like across the world so how does that look in esports and how mission control is working on that so right now as every company it's only been two weeks since the nba game where rudy gobert tested positive for coronavirus and they had to postpone the game that was exactly two weeks ago today and it's been an absolute whirlwind of time where every major sports league has been postponed, major events have had to be canceled, and most companies have moved to a work-from-home situation. So how do you think companies can use gaming during this really weird time where there isn't a lot of face-to-face -face socialization? Sure, that's a great question. So um, gaming inherently is like a social activity, is a community activity. A lot of people, there's 103 million individuals in the U.S. who play games together. Um, and they do that an average of eight hours a week. So this is like a very like inherent experience for gaming to be social. Um, and right now, companies, uh, they have uh, the problem that they have an in-person community. That's how they typically react. That's how they typically get to know each other. That's how they typically work with each other and build relationships. But that doesn't exist right now. And for any work from home company, they already have that experience. But now every company who has that experience now no longer has the ability to create relationships, build relationships amongst their own community. And this goes for any community, not just companies, but it, you know, whether it's a Boy Scout troop or you know 
like a YMCA community or a neighborhood, all of these groups, um, they all have their communities that can no longer gather physically. Um, and gaming, something that is inherently social, um, can now be that community gathering space and they just need a tool. And for mission control, that's what we do is community gathering. We just happen to have video gaming as the medium. And um, that's something that we encourage, you know, any group to do what, whatever, you know, your situation is um, when you're working from home and whatever you want your community gathering to be, um, you, you want to be able to create and build relationships. Uh, we happen to help people do that with video games, but whatever it is, I think people should definitely be focused on creating relationships and depending on each other in tough times like that. Yeah, it, thank God for gaming in these times of uh, isolation. It's really an important outlet and something to really sink into and still feel like you're part of a larger community. Uh, Animal Crossing really chose the absolute perfect time to come out as people can get together in this own this virtual community and just play a more wholesome game right now. It's it's great to see and. I'm glad that we have gaming as social outlets because I don't know what we'd be doing as a society without being able to retreat into those virtual worlds and get out of the craziness that's going on right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, Call of Duty Warzone came out at you know the exact right time as well. I've had you know that's been my social outlet, getting on with a couple of my friends every night and just being able to talk to them that way. Because otherwise, you know, we haven't been able to see them. Uh, otherwise, uh, haven't been able to see my brother. Otherwise, and that's that's just how we, uh, you know, gather. Um, and I think gaming's a huge opportunity for that. Um, so thank thank goodness for gaming. <laughs> yeah, always always love gaming, but especially now, I really am just so thankful that we have that. Why do you think, even in normal times, why do you think gaming is such an important social outlet? It's really an interesting development recently i used to rent a room in a house a few years ago and it was uh a mom and her 16 year old son and this dude every single day would come home from school and he would immediately go get on Fortnite and play with his friends and he was not i never saw his friends but every single day he was playing with them playing with them playing with them so how do you think social habits are sort of evolving especially for the younger generation around gaming and around the socialization that naturally comes with gaming that's a you know very like detailed question you could get a big detailed response but i'll at least give you my surface level um you know viewpoint and that is that you know, the idea of, of gaming being the nerds activity you know back in high school for me at least like anybody could play fifa or madden and that was okay but if you started getting to to halo or world of warcraft or any other like more detailed game that was the nerds activity and and it wasn't like it was very much you know stereotyped that way but then you see today um you know my brother-in-law who's in high school he plays um varsity baseball and then after varsity baseball is done him and all the rest of the you know supposed you know stereotypical jocks you know in quotation marks go home and then they get on Fortnite together and play again they gaming is you know the cultural change to gaming being an absolutely one just acceptable thing to do but two being a central focus of social experience for these kids and for everyone these days um i think that is just that is the perfect example of how 
uh, you know, gaming is changing our world as we see it because now the social experience with friends is not, hey, let's go over and hang out after school or after practice. Um, let's let's just all go home separate from each other uh, and then just match up online. Um, and I think that is just a really interesting way that one, you know, I think the younger generation, Gen Z, is completely used to. So this is just a really long gaming opportunity right now. Staying at home orders are just really long gaming opportunities, but very normal social opportunities for Gen Z. And I think everybody else is getting a little bit more used to it because they're not seeing people in person. Uh, but that's, uh, you know, that's how our world has changed. And I don't think that, like, it didn't take coronavirus to do that for Gen Z. I think that's where our world was headed in the first place. It's a great point. Yeah. And it's, you know, for Gen Z, it's business as usual. They're honestly probably stoked if you're a 16 year old, doesn't have to go to school any longer, just plays <laughs> no responsibilities, <laughs> just plays video games all day. It's probably not a bad life to be living right now, honestly. Because some more 12 year olds really, really, really good at Fortnite. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Like we need that. <laughs> Uh, it's a great point, and I want to extend that trend to Gen Z. I think as we look at the impacts that COVID-19 is going to have on us as a whole, obviously when we leave this, it's not going to be totally business as usual going back to where we were before this pandemic. There's going to be changes, and I think one of the big ones is that exposure. Like you mentioned, even when I was in high school, what, like nine years ago, it wasn't, you, you mentioned the sports sim games. Those were, yeah, socially acceptable to be played. And I think there was some more people were reaching into Halo and Call of Duty. Uh, but now mainstream gaming is taking over. And I think a new generation is going to come to gaming. People that haven't played in a long time are going to buy Switches. They're going to buy new PlayStations. Because what else do you do? There's only so much Netflix and Tiger King you can watch before you go a little bit insane. And so I think one of the big impacts of this is going to be gaming as a widespread phenomenon, especially in older generations, because people need some sort of outlet. And if they're not playing video games now, a month down the line, when they're bored out of their minds, they'll probably pick up video games. I can't imagine what else there is to do. Right. And and at least other, other ways to uh, just communicate with the outside world other than scrolling through Twitter. Like, uh, and that's what one of the comments that you hear a lot around gaming, and I totally stand by, is that gaming is the new social media. Um, and in the new social media, that you know, that's it sounds goofy, but in a way, like especially for Gen Z, when you're getting on a game, like you are showing yourself off, you know, in this way, whether it's just to be funny or to to kind of show your rank or to show just have fun you're getting skins you're getting dances you're 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 getting all of these different experiences and that i think is a really you know neat um i don't know it's 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 a, it's a neat indication that gen z and other people who are you know have adopted gaming early on as a social experience like that is something that they do instead of scroll through twitter and that's something that maybe a lot of us you know a little bit older than gen z will learn right now yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting, and I agree. It does feel like both a social media and a social outlet for Gen Z in a really interesting way. And then these different games have different ecosystems. You mentioned like skins and Fortnite, but then other people are playing maybe MMORPGs together, and they've got guilds and roles. And so it's really an interesting 
social experience. And I think there's more to look into just how gaming and the social environments of gaming are developing. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm also curious right now because we mentioned at the top of the show the lack of sports in the world. And suddenly esports are really the only game in town unless uh, I was talking to somebody earlier and they were betting on Belarusian soccer just to give an idea of how desperate things are. And esports are the, the game in town. So I think we will see more people gravitate towards esports and accept esports in a way that they probably didn't before traditional sports because without actual sports on TV, what else are you going to watch? And so I'm interested to see if we see a mass adoption of esports. It was already starting to happen, I think, over the last few years. Uh, but this could be really a, a big moment where esports gains real, true mainstream acceptance. Do you think that's in the works? I think it's possible. I think there's a, I mean, there's a lot of different elements here. First off, a lot of the major leagues also have been impacted and canceled. So when we start thinking, okay, what is esports? And I think the definition of esports is different for a lot of people, and and so it, defining what esports is is necessary first. Um, but you know, if you were to say esports is just professional play, you know, COD League and you know LCS or anything else in that area, Overwatch League, well. That stuff has also been impacted by coronavirus, the novel coronavirus, so I don't necessarily see all of that picking up right at this moment. But um, at the same time, if you were to say esports is just competitive gaming or maybe even streaming, well, I can see that having a huge impact because those influencer personalities who already work from home, who already are playing games as a social outlet and then just sharing that with the world... You know, I think there's a lot of people who will be looking for that, have the time to do that. And, you know, the people who are going to benefit of that is the influencers, uh, the games themselves, perhaps Twitch or Caffeine. Um, and that is where that is where people will spend a lot of time, particularly for me. I think it's the the influencer side of esports. And then also, from my point of view, I think recreational esports or what we more lean to is just recreational video gaming, or video game leagues are going to be huge because this is how you will socialize. This is how you will create time, have structure around socialization um, over something that people already love, which is gaming. So I think those two areas, um, the streaming side and the rec side, are going to have a lot more chance to explode than that, the actual most pro side at this moment. But I think there will be lagging effects on the pro side as well. For sure, yeah. The pro side is a little bit tough because of how much gets impacted and how big those productions are. Uh, but just on the, the general side of esports competition, the normal life of a sports fan has been really disrupted right now. You normally see people play a bunch of sports. They uh, get competitive. Then after high school, suddenly those competitions usually go away. They start playing rec league. They start playing pickup or they become fans. Mostly, they just become fans of these various sports. And I think esports fills that competitive need for a lot of people. And so we will probably see those sports fans who are so used to just the constant rooting for something and the competitive nature of that, when that goes away, where do they find that competitive outlet? And these recreational esports leagues and tournaments feels like the most likely landing spot for them so long as it's positioned in a way that makes it accessible 
So from your perspective, how do you make sure esports, a competitive esports, are still accessible to somebody who may not be a big gamer at all? Well, and that's that's exactly where we sit. You know, there is, you know, there's there are a couple different layers to you know esports in the esports market. We see professional gaming at the top. And then you see amateur gaming, which is right beneath that and where you might be able to go onto a tournament site and win a couple hundred dollars. And then you see things like uh, varsity gaming. So you have high school varsity esports or you have college clubs doing uh, major tournaments between universities. And I think all of those groups are necessary and cool and will continue to grow. And I'm really excited to see how esports develops in those areas. However, there's a lot more people like me who, frankly, just like to play as a casual experience. You know, I grew up playing with my brother as a way to hang out. It was a bonding experience for us. Same thing with my friends. And that hasn't changed. You know, college was playing Black Ops 2 zombies like literally every night for a year. That's what it felt like, at least. And and that was the best thing to do with my roommates. And um that sort of casual social nature is what's most important for a lot of the gaming community. And some, how we do that with traditional sports is just, you know, signing up for a beer league softball team where you hang out on Thursday nights, every Thursday at seven o'clock you go and you play some sports, but then you mainly hang out and drink beer. And we use that permission control. We use that exact structure, the idea of adding structure, but leaning on the social component. So on the digital side, that means leaning on group chat, leaning on the ability to um, create um, social experience more so than competitive game um, as a core piece of, of building uh, rec esports. The focus isn't necessarily competition because that's not what everybody wants. People want social experience. People want to build community. So we le- leaned on that instead. I love that. And I want more casual competition, hanging out in esports. Because let's be honest, most rank ladders are totally toxic and they're not the most relaxing experience out there. So it would be really cool to have that sort of environment. Like, exactly. Rank, when you play rank, are you relaxed? I no, I'm, I I have to win. Like I well yeah, or or I'm with my brother who is much better than me, and he hates that I'm bad, and that sucks. I'd much much rather just hang out with him and you know mess around. We lose, we lose, whatever. But if we win, you know, and then it, then it's a fun time. And I don't care about my rank nearly as much as I care about hanging out with my friends. Um, and yeah, no, I don't want to be stressed all the time. Yeah, it's just not a it's not a great experience. Like I love it, and then also casual feels like it's missing something as people jump in. It doesn't feel like a great game experience. So that middle ground between ranked and casual is really what I'd love to be. And it feels like these tournaments, these recreational tournaments, kind of get into that middle ground where it's still a competitive structure, but it's not this all out focus on trying to win, trying to progress. Uh, it's one of my major issues with ranked is that it's constant it's like okay you've you've leveled up well now you're playing better people and you have to get to this level and there's it never stops until you reach the top level of the game and nobody ever does that which is why we focus on micro communities because you may hey maybe you don't need to be the best in north america or this region or the whole world what if you just focus on just hey a, a competition that doesn't matter too much but is just your local college intramurals like or, or your local ymca right like it's it's not a huge group you can be the best or the third best in you know your neighborhood's ymca and that's pretty cool 
um, you'll you'll feel like a winner, you know. That's and all the meanwhile, not having to take it all too seriously because your focus is the social experience or the community experience or just a light competitive experience where you win a T-shirt and there's not a hundred thousand dollars on the line, and that's okay. Honestly, it is. I still hold my proudest gaming achievement is being the best Smash Melee player in my dorm in freshman year of college. That's it. And that's not just well, you. That's not just you. There's a lot of people who feel that way. It's beautiful. You know, it was a it was a self-contained competition. I think back on it, I stomped some people who weren't as good as me. And, you know, I didn't feel like, okay, now I'm matched up against this person who's way better. And so I, I love those self-contained competitions because it's actually a fair playing field. No, nobody's going to be the best at everything. And ranked is just this constant climb to nothing, uh, to higher rank, to a higher rank. But it's cool to have those self-contained competitions. Yeah, yeah, and and I would say like, and that's the focus on communities that we do. And I will, I will say that like, rank does have its place. It's super exciting, and there will be like, that's there are plenty of exciting things that come out of ranked, and certainly it's a great fit for a good amount of people. I just think that the larger quantity of people who at least play games or play games casually are more likely to enjoy something that's a you know lightly competitive recreational video game league type of thing. Um, rather than, you know, the most competitive ranked experience. I agree. And, you know, to your point, I think a lot of it comes down to the social experience of it too. Ranked is not generally a very good social experience. It's usually very stressful. Uh, either your teammates are flaming you or <laughs> you're flaming your teammates possibly. Um, and so to have a situation where it could be a actual social gathering, a social movement together and it's not super high stress i think is a good thing for most gamers and something most gamers want to have that's just not a archetype that really exists outside of companies like mission control here yeah and that's why you know we think we're a little unique in the space because of that focus there's a lot of groups out there that are focused on tournaments and we're leagues not tournaments uh and um yet what we think our core difference is just focusing on community and the social experience and the gaming experience is a hundred percent like part of the, you know, important piece of what we built our business. Like you want to have a good gaming experience as well, but we prioritize the social experience, the community experience, because we think that's unique. And I think that's what most people want. I definitely think so. And maybe they don't even quite realize they want it until they're able to try it. Uh, to your yeah, point, perhaps. I think that's a I think that's a possible thing. You know, we've had these different gaming environments for so long that people are used to the casual and the ranked. And casual is basically a warm up for ranked for the vast majority of people uh, in most esports that I've played. Battle Royale did a good job of this by not making this intense focus on having to win every single match. I think by it being one out of a hundred people, you went into it knowing, hey, you know what, I'm probably not gonna win just odds are and so i think that was why that was a very popular thing for people to play because it didn't matter as much if you didn't win that individual thing it was more about the moments within the game and that was unique for a lot of competitive esports right i i totally agree i will add though just to continue harping on the social experience though that that the 
the group play in battle royale is is incredibly unique for the same reason. If you're focusing on that, you know, couple of moments within the the game, even if you're not winning, um, you don't get first place every time. Well, you're still having a positive experience um, with those few moments with the people you're with. So that's why the squad up, the where we dropping boys or whatever that may be, like that's such an, a beautiful, exciting group experience that you can have with friends or siblings or whoever you're playing with. Um, and those moments of glory, you know, whether it's just knocking somebody from across the map with a great shot or whether it's, you know, a, being able to win a small, you know, 4v4 or 2v2 or whatever it is, like those are so exciting. Even if you don't get first place, you know, you don't have to be so mad at your, you know, your teammates because you lost or yourself because you lost. You can just enjoy that moment and enjoy that moment with others. And I think that's one of the you know, great pieces that Battle Royale has, you know, in facilitating community within gaming. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think it clearly filled a niche in the gaming world that wasn't there, which is why once PUBG started taking off, it just became a massive success worldwide and especially in a lot of other markets with these different mobile Battle Royales and various uh, Battle Royale titles, PUBG, Fortnite, Free Fire, all these different really unique games that came out. And it was like, okay, Battle Royale hits on something. And I think it really was that community and that socialization that was missing in other competitive esports for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about toxicity. We've mentioned how a lot of ranks or rank chats are pretty toxic. And I think that's doesn't come as a surprise for anybody who's played a lot of esports. So, especially for young kids, you know, I'm 25 years old and I get on a Rocket League chat and my teammate starts flaming me and it affects me emotionally. So I can only imagine what that's like for an 11 or 12 year old who I assume is the one flaming me. That's how I make myself feel better. And <laughs> I'm curious what you think that environment is like for kids and how we can really promote best practices because kids are going to be playing games. They're going to play competitive games and they're going to care a lot about them. So how do we make sure that's a positive and uplifting experience for kids without, you know, completely taking away what makes competitive games great? Kids learn from example. I mean, we all learn from example and kids, especially like think about, and again, I'll, I'll draw the picture between traditional sports again um, and esports here. And a lot of that is, you know, why is esports so toxic and traditional sports, um, you know, generally not so toxic, at least, you know, first grade soccer. And I think some of the reason of that is because they have good examples to lean on. When you're at, you know, playing soccer as a young kid, you have a coach who typically is like, we're focusing on teamwork and communication, not winning. Um, you at least have a coach that, you know, says, hey, we're not, this isn't, you know, an I, this is a we game. You have people who lead you in, for example, your parents are able to see, they give you feedback, you know, and there's plenty of, you know, stories about, you know, good and bad things that of, of youth sports, but mainly the idea that there are good leaders in sports and that there's good teams in sports and that becomes a good effect on kids, not only for their sporting organization, but in life overall. When you go to esports, there simply aren't those examples. It's typically, you know, played it 
a lot of times it's played in smaller groups. There's a little bit of, you know, anonymity to it. There's not a coach. It's certainly not an adult coach who's sitting around just teaching a group of kids how to play and how to be a team and how to work together. And I feel like the that is the missing function that um, causes, or at least doesn't teach kids how to not be toxic, but at least work together and, and be be a you know more of a team player or be kinder even in these situations where people may not know who they are and I think that's incredibly important and part of where we're moving as a society and just as esports grows is the idea that esports is acceptable by parents and esports is acceptable by schools and therefore we should have coaches and build teams and the point of these building you know maybe a middle school esports rocket league team is not because we think middle schoolers need to be elite it's because we think middle schoolers could use rocket league as a way to get great examples um from their coaches or from their fellow teammates on how to compete on how to be a team player on how to communicate on how to build teams and i think that is incredibly important so as the world continues to adopt esports i predict it to be better not worse because the examples will be there for sure, yeah. The uh, taking away the anonymity from those circumstances is really good for esports as a whole. Bring the kids together. You're not going to be toxic to the kid who's sitting right next to you. It's not how it works in the same way you'd be toxic to a random username. So I definitely think it's all about really creating these different opportunities for kids where, hey, you could come play in person with some other people and then yeah our generation grows up we have kids and do you have kids i don't know i don't <laughs> and i'm also yeah. 25 so we're, we're oh you're also 25 talk, look yeah, at us we're talking the same same group right here yeah i didn't even know that it was i was like our generation I was like i have no idea how old austin is he could be <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah our generation goes up we know how online communities work we know how esports works and you know, I want to be the coach of my kid's Rocket League team or League of Legends team and be that parental figure that exists in so many traditional sports and traditional youth sports that just hasn't ever existed really in esports. So that's a role that I definitely want to be very conscious of because I agree it's an important thing that kids need is those personal got to. I still remember all my coaches from little soccer, little basketball, like they had an effect on me as a as a small child. So I think we should definitely be doing that for esports as well. I totally agree. And I look forward to that day where where it can be adopted in, you know, that sort of positive light that people who cheer it on as a team building, as a communication building, as a character building opportunity. Just like so many activities around kids are today and have been in the past. Absolutely. I love it when uh if business returns to normal, hopefully gaming and these gaming communities will continue to develop, especially as the regional and local levels. It's something I'm really looking forward to in the coming years is having that whole structure of esports and competitive gaming really build out into these awesome ecosystems where these different companies, these different traditions get built up and gaming becomes a more healthy experience for everyone. Because I really do think that's a trend that we see over the next five years or so. Yeah, absolutely. And and honestly, I do think that that is very much in the works. And I don't think it's slowing down. I know given the world uh, right now, like it 
seems like a lot of things are changing and changing very fast. But one thing that's not slowing down, as we've discussed already, is gaming. And I think a lot of people are realizing more uh, now, more than ever, that you know, gaming can be a huge part of their community and that um, you know, maybe they should adopt it. And I think that this is something that we're seeing a, re- a lot right now through our business. And it's only going to you know, increase over the next five years and be adopted more over the next five years, just as you said. Yeah, and to to bring it full circle, how many parents right now are watching their kids play competitive video games and you know seeing how good they are at Overwatch or Call of Duty or Rocket League or League and they're watching with really intense interest and time to consume what they're doing and seeing the social environments that are there, the community that's there. I have to imagine that's happening in thousands of households across the country right now. Right. Well, there's a lot of time to spend together, and I'd imagine that there's a lot of people who uh, are getting to see some, you know, there's a little bit of, there's, there's no distractions now. You're at home, you're staying at home, and you can learn about what each other are interested in. Um, and I think that's that's a cool thing, and I think a lot of parents are probably realizing that right now. Yeah, hopefully we see more full family support for esports come out of this as well as, you know, you see some of the value of it. We have some, maybe some older people jump on games in the absence of sports and realize, hey, you know what? Playing esports is pretty fun. I enjoy this and I could find a game that I enjoy based on the sport I already enjoy. And that's the gateway into, into esports for so many people. Yes, it is. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining the show, Austin. Uh, Is there anything you want to plug for Mission Control? Tournaments coming up, uh, ways people can get involved with the company? Anything you want to plug for me? Yeah, I I mean, I really appreciate that. So, Mission Control is, we're a B2B SaaS platform for Rec League esports. So we focused on creating the Rec Leagues more so than tournaments, and we help organizations who want to have rec leagues within their communities, um, launch them. So you use our software just like you would use any other league management software from the organization side, um, and you can host rec leagues esports within your community. And then users, you can download the app, and potentially you might find a couple of organizations in your area or organizations around the nation that you could uh, join and be a part of their rec leagues. Um, so you know, if you're interested, check out our website, missioncontrol.gg. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the time, Mitch. Thank you, Austin. I'll link his website down below so you can learn more, maybe sign up for a rec league. I think I'm going to go check it out. You guys have Rocket League events? All the time. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I want to be able to to play against my gold brethren in a, in a fair competition. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, Mitch. Thank you so much. Thank you, Austin. That was all for this Esports Network podcast. You're going to listen to this on Friday or over the weekend. We have another episode coming up on Monday about some of the more business impacts on esports uh, through COVID-19. So be on the lookout for that one at noon PT on Monday. Thank you all for listening.